Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, which includes ControlUp, end-to-end digital experience management for the work-from-anywhere era. ControlUp, happy users, happy IT. And also brought to you by PolicyPack Software, now part of Networks, where you use Group Policy or MDM to remove admin rights, manage and lockdown applications, Java, browsers, and mitigate ransomware plus more and of course also brought to you by liquidware the innovator in adaptive workspace management solutions if you enjoy the show each week you've these great sponsors to thank and now for some news so given the time of the month as always this episode is going to be pretty patch heavy and one vulnerability that is definitely making waves is CVE-2022-0847, which is a vulnerability in the Linux kernel going back to version 5.8 and allows overwriting data in arbitrary read-only files, which leads to privilege escalation because unprivileged processes can inject code into root processes. Accessing root in Linux is about as bad as it gets, so this one has some pretty serious implications but the good news is the vulnerability has already been fixed in Linux 5.16.11, and 5.10.102. So obviously check your own Linux machines or virtual machines or whatever you're running Linux on in your organization to ensure that you're at a version that is safe to use. But also, if you rely on hosting for your own website like I do, and it might run on Linux, then be sure to check in with your host provider to ensure they are patching too. And like I said, it's that time again, Patch Tuesday, and this month Microsoft are bringing 71 fixes for their products. Two of the vulnerabilities this month are rated as critical. That's CVE-2022-22006 and also 24501. While the rest of the vulnerabilities are rated as in the important category. The good news is that none of the vulnerabilities being addressed by this month's round of patches are currently being actively exploited. But ZDNet did note that Sophos have shared a publicly available proof of concept for one of the vulnerabilities. So that one's pretty close, I'm sure, to having an active exploit. So obviously best to get these patches rolling as soon as you can. And I noticed that there's several remote code execution vulnerabilities patched this month, including in SMB, .NET and Visual Studio, the remote desktop client, Microsoft Exchange Server, and there's also a feature bypass vulnerability in Internet Explorer security and a service elevation of privilege vulnerability in the Windows fax and scan service. You may recall that a few weeks ago I shared a tip in the weekly scripts, tricks, and tips segment from Rudy Ohms who blogged about the remote wipe feature for Windows 10 and Windows 11 devices in Intune and how he noticed some really weird and awful behavior 
with how it was handling user data in some instances. Well, apparently there's now a fix with this month's patches. And there was also a post on Reddit by a user readwrite63 who asked if anyone is seeing system event log errors after installing the updates on Windows Server 2012 R2 and 2016. The error suggests the event logging service encountered an error while enabling Publisher with a GUID to channel Microsoft Windows kernel shim engine operational. And this does not affect channel operation, but does affect the ability of the publisher to raise events to the channel. The error explains that one common reason for this error is that the provider is using ETW provider security and has not granted enable permissions to the event log service identity. Now someone confirms that they are indeed seeing this in their event logs after patching, but that it doesn't seem to be causing any issues. But it is early days, so perhaps there will be more to this. But for now, it seems like not one to be worried about too much about breaking something, but there is that little quirk there. And credit to Susan Bradley for sharing that. As always, she's awesome. BleepyComputer.com reported that Intel, AMD, and ARM have all warned of a new way to bypass existing hardware-based defenses for speculative execution in modern computer processors. That does not sound good. Anyone else getting Spectre meltdown memories and anxiety? But there is some good news here, and that's that the three manufacturers have published advisories accompanied by mitigation updates and security recommendations to tackle these newly discovered issues that could potentially allow leaking of sensitive information despite isolation-based protections. So I looked at some of the mitigation steps shared, and it seems like some involve enabling some extra security features. It'll be interesting to see what the community members find when doing this. Could this potentially affect performance? I guess we'll find out. It's still early days. And just to tie a bow on all this patching news, as usual, other vendors have also released patches at the same time, including Mozilla, for example, who have patched two zero-day vulnerabilities. So if you use Firefox, be sure to patch. And as always, look for patches from all vendors whose products you rely on. Patch, test, and deploy as soon as possible. Microsoft have announced that Microsoft Defender Security Solution has entered preview for home customers in the United States. The preview provides users with a dashboard to manage and monitor their device's security status, as well as malware protection and real-time threat scanning. BBComputer.com reports it also comes with safety alerts and recommendations, including real-time warnings about changes to your device's security status and suggestions to keep your data and devices secure. Microsoft says that malware protection is available for Windows PCs and Android phones, while anti-phishing protection is available on Android and iOS devices. Malware protection is not supported on iPhones because Apple already provides it. While in preview, you can download and use the Defender app across five devices per person, including a Windows computer, iPhone, or Android phone, so you can mix it up. 
If you use Slack for work, you likely experienced being unable to use certain functions in the app on Wednesday, including in calls, huddles, email processing, file uploads, emoji reactions retention, new DM groups, retention in the sidebar, the search feature, workflow builder, workflow pop-up windows, channel creation, API errors, webhooks, and Slack connect invites, all experiencing issues. And unfortunately, at the time of this recording, while a fix has apparently been identified by Slack, it does not appear to have yet been implemented fully. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this episode, all the issues have been resolved. A few weeks ago, I reported on an article suggesting that Microsoft could be lining up a massive acquisition attempt of Mandiant, who are a security research and consultancy specialist. Well, Ars Technica this week reported that now Google has announced a massive $5.4 billion deal to acquire Mandiant. The acquisition is subject to regulatory approval, as always, for such a large acquisition, but Google says it expects the deal to close later this year. And if it goes through, it would be Google's second largest acquisition ever, slotting in between the $12.5 billion deal for Motorola Mobility and the $3.2 billion purchase of Nest. I honest to God forgot about Motorola. The report states that Mandiant will join the Google Cloud division. So congratulations to all of Mandiant. That's awesome. And to wrap up the news for this week, ZDNet had an interesting article where they covered the results of a study by Yerbo with over 36,000 participants in the study. So pretty decent sample size. And this particular study focused on IT professionals and they found that two in five IT workers are at high risk of burnout prompted by longer hours, more demanding workloads and conflicts in work-life balance. It goes on to state that 42% of IT workers who are facing high levels of burnout are considering quitting their company in the next six months, while 62% of IT professionals report being physically and emotionally drained. The researchers concluded that the findings point towards a burnout crisis in the tech sector with poor outcomes for workers and employees. I'm sure plenty of us can relate to this. But that's it for this week's news. Now on to a weekly webinar. ControlUp will be holding a really unique event called the ControlUp Troubleshooting Showdown. During the event, they'll be taking five of the toughest troubleshooting scenarios seen in the IT world and pitting four experts against each other to solve them, each using a different weapon in their technology arsenal. So my buddy Trenton Tai will be using Windows Admin Center, Guy Leach will be using PowerShell, Jeff Johnson will be using Google, and Eugenia Schipoletti will be using ControlUp. This should be pretty interesting. My assumption is that Jeff will be at a disadvantage if he's relying on Google. I think Trenton is probably going to be not too far ahead of Jeff. So my bet is it's probably going to be a close race between Eugenia and Guy. I would think Eugenia with control up will probably win. Since a lot of what Guy will try to achieve with PowerShell should already be readily available within the control up console. 
but it's hard to discount guy because he's freaking amazing with PowerShell. So I'm looking forward to it. So if you want to find out who's going to finish the fastest and who will reign supreme in the end, be sure to register. It takes place on Thursday, March 10th at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And I believe that's 7 p.m. GMT, 8 p.m. Central European time. But this is a webinar with a difference. It's going to be very unique. So even though it's late in Europe, it might be one to crack open a beer and watch along and enjoy. And now this episode's scripts, tricks, and tips. So for the first tip, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it because I rely on it as a resource for this podcast. But I mentioned Susan Bradley and how awesome she is. But she's been leading a Google mail group on patch management. Now, it can be quite overwhelming. I mean, I recommend for sure signing up to it. It can be quite overwhelming because it's such a large group. There's so much activity going on, but it's a really great activity. So personally, I find it the best way to find out about issues discovered with patches or even just a heads up that maybe an out-of-band patch is available. I see it in this mail group before I ever see it on anything like ZDNet or Ars Technica or BleepingComputer.com or those sites. So if you want a really awesome community resource that's free, sign up to this email group. And I'll share that with this episode, which you'll find at 5bytespodcast.com under reference links for episode 220. Also this week, I saw that Mike Galvin seems to be putting together some really nice MDT guides. So if you've never used MDT before, it's really great for like creating and deploying desktop images. So if you don't need Microsoft Endpoint Configuration Manager and you just want something more lightweight, MDT is a really good option. And I saw that there was a section shared this week in the guide around setting MDT user permissions. But if you put everything together, you should be in a good spot to get started with MDT for your imaging needs. And finally, to plug a little bit of my own work, I posted a rare opinion piece on my blog, that's RoryMond.com this week, with a focus on employee experience. So at work, I talk a lot about the digital employee experience, but this one's more about the overall employee experience and kind of getting into the whole great resignation that's been referred to and occurring in the United States, but is also somewhat trickling into other countries too, I feel. And I covered that Yerbo study during the news in today's episode. And my blog post is pretty topical with that study too, I feel. So if you want some not overly technical blog content to read, (laughs) but one that's pretty universal for all employees, I feel, you can check that out and I'll share a link to that with this episode as well. Well, that's it for another episode. If you happen to be at Hims in Orlando, Florida next week, reach out to me on Twitter at Roy Mon. I should be there, although being honest, I'm not going to be there very long. I'm going to be speaking with Trenton on Monday. So if you're there on the Monday, be sure to check our session out. It's PD2. It's on Monday morning. I intend to hang out at the Control Up booth for part of Tuesday, uh, but I'm actually flying back to Ireland on Tuesday afternoon because I want to get home for St. Patrick's Day. Since St. Patrick's Day has been canceled for the last two years, it's going to be my family's first St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. So 
it's a good reason to come home early. But with that, if you're there, let me know. If not, I will catch you all next week.